mornings that I can totally relate to Steve on, wow, I, you know, the things that I've got to deal with today, I would prefer to just change and not be doing what I have to do today, but I want you to know today was not one of those. Oh, Excited to be able to come out and be with you here today in a beautiful day that God has given us. But I really do appreciate, always appreciate Steve and the straight shooter that yeah. he is, yeah. and how he keeps it real, and he keeps it honest, and keeping it real and keeping it honest is part of our subject matter today, and we'll talk more about that in a little while. This uh, series that you're involved in right here, Recovery Road, I really appreciate Gio and his always looking for new and encouraging and insightful series and material to feed the flock here in the Shoreline Ministry. And this is one of those that uh, I know is uh, just great and, and timely. And the backstory there from the video, you know, reminds us of what's been going on in the country for a while. And that could be on the big macroeconomic scale, but it can also be when we think about recovery, it can be on the personal scale in our own lives. And the whole, the whole idea of recovery, I don't know what you think about with that and whether or not that particular subject matter, recovery, if that's relatable to you in your life right now. Because, you know, there's, there's in an audience like this, we're in different places. There's different places to be in. There's, there's recovery like we might think of from, a, from a getting back to some place. My son, Drew, he's 25 years old, and he's visiting from Cambodia. He lives in Cambodia now, and because of different things uh, there, his physical condition has gotten hugely depleted, and he's been sick the, the time that he's been here. And so he's been to the doctor, getting getting tests and blood tests, and trying to find out is it bacteria or whatever. They got him on new and stronger medication, and, and he's actually starting to feel better. He is recovering. <laughs> which is encouraging to us, you know. He's getting back to uh, a healthier state like he was in, you know, six months ago when we saw him, uh, you know, and, and, and so that's encouraging to us. And sometimes we can think about, you know, recovering, getting back to a state that we were in before. Sometimes we get, we get trapped in addictions or in bad habits or in patterns of behavior that are holding us back from the the us that we were at one time. And we see where we are now, kind of in prison, kind of held back, kind of in bondage. And we look, we look to where we could, we could be, where we were before, and the idea of recovering to get back to that. So that's an aspect of recovery. But there's another dimension of recovery that, that is almost a little more subtle, but, but, but because of that, we might not realize how much more we need it. And that is the recovery of vision, the recovery of dreams, the recovery of hope, the recovery of living a life in such a way to think, could things continue to get better and better? In other words, it's possible to be in a holding pattern and actually say to yourself, I don't need recovery, things are fine. Just the way they are. Things are okay, just as they are. I kind of like things the way they are. But in saying that, we're really describing a biography that we're living in, a story that we're living in that really is subpar for what we could be. It's not less than. We're about where we've always been. 
But we're not where we could be. We're not where, if, we honest, if we're honest with ourselves, we're not where we dreamed to be at one point in our life. So sometimes recovery can have to do with recovering a sense of excitement, a sense of dreaming, a sense of expectation, a sense of hope about our life and about our future. Now, whatever dimension of recovery may or may not be relatable to you, one thing is certain. When it comes to recovery, it will involve change. And change is something that I think we all can relate to. Yeah. A few weeks ago, I uh, had downloaded the song Home by Philip Phillips. Uh, he was an American Idol winner. And, and I was listening to this song as I was running along the beach. And I had this incredible, inspiring moment that running along the beach uh, can, can give me sometimes. And the music was playing in my headphones. And I, I started, you know, picturing these things in my mind and, and, and the thought of change and the, the, the downside of change and the upside of change. And, and as though the Lord were speaking to me through the, the message of that song about making the whole lifestyle of change my home and, and getting more, more comfortable, getting away from the downside and the fear of change and into the up and the expectation side of change. So I uh, just kind of plugged the, the lyrics to the song uh, in and for us to, to watch it, just for you to kind of set your mind on that. And in the, the long interludes where there's no lyrics, I just plugged in some other words about the downside and then the upside of change. So to, before we go any further into the, the lesson, let's just listen to the song and, and read the words and, and we'll go from there.
change has a, a downside to it. There's a scary, threatening, frightening side to us, and that's why we don't recover our dreams or our sense of vision or expectation or from, recover from whatever's been holding us back or imprisoning us or capturing us in bondage. It's, it's why we tend to stay where we are. But this series is about change and it's about progress and it's about moving forward from where we are. It's about Recovery Road. And the, the topic for today Geo is going to help me. Now it's on. Now it works. Thank you, Geo. Taking inventory is what we're going to talk about today. And you'll see as we move forward with that, uh, the scripture we're looking at is going to help us do that. And a final takeaway point for us all to work on on our journey on Recovery Road. Scripture that I want us to, to look at right now is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, and verse 15. And it's just a, a little verse, but it carries a huge amount of meaning and a whole lot of help for us right. when it comes to our lives and the, the journey, change, right. and recovering to where we can be. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. This scripture is an ancient verse. And the original setting that it was spoken in was then taken and handed down into the psalms and the poetry uh, in the worship of the Jewish people. And then it was handed down and passed along from that into the, the scripting and the culture of the early Christian church in the first century as a way of encouraging and centering and helping people with their lives. But the original setting of it was way back in the journey of the Israelite nation out of their bondage and out of their captivity in Egypt. And they were in and in a process of and on a recovery road themselves to get back to the promised land that they had been prior to their time of captivity and their time of bondage. But along the way of going from Egypt and bondage into the promised land, getting back to where they were before, they had to journey through a desert wasteland. And in the course of that desert wasteland journey, they ran out of water. And they got thirsty. And I don't know about you, when you get thirsty or hungry, but, but I can relate to this, they began to complain. And they began to grumble. And it was in that state of responding to the difficulty of recovery. The difficulty of getting from where they were to where they needed to go. In that middle, wilderness, difficult, uncomfortable, awkward time that they rebelled against God. And in that, it became then a, a passed on point on down through the nation and then on down into the early Christian church, on down to us because it's so human and it's so relatable right. 
when things don't change as fast as we'd like them to, and we seem to be stuck, what will happen to us? Well, today if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as you did. And He's speaking to them as a nation, but it could also apply to us as individuals, as you did in the rebellion. Sometimes the reason that we need recovery is because we're in a place that we got to because we rebelled. We're in a situation and a condition in our life that is there because there was a point in our life that could also be said, as you did in the rebellion. You know? Tracing back through the threads of what happened and why we're where we are, what got us here, well, somewhere previously there was that occurred. And that's why we are where we are now. But, but starting out, the leading, the leading edge of this scripture is the word today. Yeah. Today. That's a good place to start. Right. Because today is powerful. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, when it comes to covering, or when it comes to making changes, today, this period of time that we have in our possession right now, is really the only time available to us. Yeah. I can't go back right. to past history, to past events. I can't go back and redo those. I can't, I can't go back and redo decisions that I already made. I can't take back words that I've already spoken. As the saying goes, the toothpaste is already out of the tube. <laughs> and once that occurs, it just, it just, you know, the past isn't isn't going to help us. So I can't take action in the past, nor can I fast forward into the future and borrow anything from that that's that's going to help me right now. Right. Today is powerful right. because today is actually the time frame in which we can take action. But here's something else about today and why it's so powerful. Today is, is really enough. I mean, who among us actually can say they consistently use all of their moments in any given day? Can, we, can, can any of us actually say, you know, that, that, wow, you know, today as I'm living it, I'm just so fully engaged, I'm so, I'm so present, I'm so available for the moment, I'm so right here, right now, I'm so being here, right now, that, that life is just as full as it could possibly be. Or don't we find that we're continually checking out? We're continually taking leave of the present moment. We're continually not here and not available. And that's okay, but we just got to keep coming back and keep coming back. Oh, I'm away from it, then I got to come back to it. And oh, I drifted off here, and I got to come back to it. And now I'm thinking about lunch plans, but I got to come back to it. And now I'm thinking about work this week, but I got to come back to the present moment. That, that today is powerful because it really is enough if we would just actually fully live it and fully be in it. Today, as Jesus says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Doesn't it? Isn't that really what's going on? With when we when we worry about 
and we get stressed about and we get burdened about things in our life. Yeah. We're, we're really borrowing too much for us to handle in the present moment. And that's when recovery and change gets overwhelming to us. When we think about how far off we are, how far we've got to go to get back, or how much change would have to occur, or what kinds of things would have to happen for us to get a sense of dreaming and a sense of excitement and anticipation about our life again. We think about all of that, and we can just get overwhelmed and decide, why even bother? Why even try? We'll just keep going as we are. But today is powerful because it's actually enough. And it's the time frame in which we can take action. Recovery happens one day at a time. The best thing that we can do for the future is to take, take care of today. The best thing we can do that ensure that when we wake up tomorrow it's different than today. The best thing we can do to wake up tomorrow and say, I'm different is by doing something about recovery and about change today. Doing something different today is going to set up a better tomorrow and going to put me in a better place tomorrow. So our scripture begins with today and what a powerful thing today is. It says more. Do not harden your hearts. The scripture draws our attention now focusing us on the one important time frame that we have which is today. Now the scripture draws our attention to our hearts. Our hearts. Your heart is powerful. We have different elements of our makeup as human beings. We have our our logical side, our thought processes, how we how we think about things and how we put things together, our, our rationale. And then we have our emotional side and we have we have our heart. And a lot of times when we want to make changes, we have it all worked out. We have the the exercise program and the weight loss program and how we're going to do it and it you know it involves we're going to we're going to we sign up and we pay for the membership we're going to go to the health club and then we sleep in and we don't go to the health club or it involves a certain kind of eating habits and you know that works out good for the first part of November and then Thanksgiving comes and then the Christmas holidays and I don't know how many boxes of candy I've been powering through lately, you know, and all of a sudden what I envision for my, my eating process now I'm just, I'm, I'm just back into the same old habits. Sometimes there's emotional things. Sometimes there's character things that we're, we've been working on and we, we have this idea up here of how we're going to change but we haven't fully made the connection down here. And this is what one author that I was reading recently described as, uh, well, what we really have is we have a, a, an elephant problem. And it's picturing uh, us as human beings as having different parts to our nature, kind of like a rider and an elephant. And the rider could look like he's in control. You know, he's directing. 
the elephant and he's telling the elephant where to go and what to do. Like, you know, I need to lose 15 pounds or I need to get in better shape or I need to stop having these fits of rage with my family or I need to stop swearing or I need to stop looking at this pornography online or I need to, to, to change my jealousy or my bitterness or my covetousness which is, which is causing me to, to spend and to buy way beyond what I can afford within my monthly income. Whatever it is, the writer's got his idea. That's the intellect within us. And that works just as long as the elephant is in agreement. But what do you think is going to happen if the elephant says, no, I want to go over here? I mean, look at the pure size differential. <laughs> In a battle of wills between the rider and the elephant, who is going to win every single time? And if there's any kind of tension between the two, where the elephant really isn't fully committed to the path that the rider has him on, and the, the rider is having to constantly fight to keep the elephant where it needs to go, where he wants it to go, eventually the rider is just going to get exhausted. He's just going to get wore out. And so often, what we think is a, a laziness problem or we think is a, some other kind of issue in our life, it's really fatigue. We just wore out. Because we may get it in our mind, but no lasting change can occur without our heart's consent. Without the elephant saying, I'm with you 100%. And that's why this scripture is so powerful because it appeals to a heart. Today, don't harden your heart. Highlighting power, the enormous power that our hearts have in how we live and go about our lives. This is how Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life. Now, if you wanted to convey something, to highlight its primary importance, could you find any better way to say it than that? Above all else. To put this in a phrase, because, because our hearts really are the wellspring, it's from whence our life flows. It goes like this. Take care of the elephant and the elephant will take care of you. If you take time and you work with your heart and you protect your heart and you nurture your heart as the wellspring of life from which it is, then when it comes to needing to draw on your heart, not just your mind, but have all of yourself committed to a path, your heart's going to come through for you. The power and the force, like the, the, the strength of that huge, mighty six-ton elephant. That's what you're going to have. But if we neglect our hearts, if we're not careful about our hearts, we may get up here that we're not where we need to be. But we won't really ever be able to follow through and make the lasting change. Because recovery is really going to require 
addressing our hearts. Now, our hearts are powerful for good, but the, the downside is also true. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. Oh, there's that above all phrase again. It's a theme here. It has to do with the heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Isn't that the reality? That the, the perplexing process that we go through and we get something up here, but then we end up not doing what we have committed to doing, not being who we want to be. There's not the consistency there. And it's perplexing. Who can understand this? Or as, as the Apostle Paul wrote, who will save me from this life that I'm living? And, and, and the issue is that as powerful as our hearts are for good, they are also very powerful at playing the game and at being deceived and deceiving. Above all, I mean, that's a pretty powerful statement. Above all, the biggest liar that you're ever going to meet, the biggest deceiver, is not at, and I hope there's no car salesman here, but not at a used car lot. It's not where it's going to be. Or wherever else you might think. No, it's actually right in here. Right in here. And that's not me saying it to you. If, if that bothers you, or that offends you, or you think, you don't know me, you're right, I don't. But your Creator does. And this, this timeless phrase reminds us that it's, it's, it's within our hearts. And if we don't, if we don't connect with the elephant, the elephant in the room, That's right. the heart of the problem is a problem of the heart. And if we're not locking in there, then any, any process of change, of being different, of getting to a different place, is just not going to happen. And so that brings us to our need for the centerpiece of this whole passage. Today, that's important. And don't harden your heart. That's important and powerful. But here's the point of it. If you hear His voice. If you hear His voice. Because God's voice is powerful. And the possibility that this scripture raises that he'll actually speak to us. He'll engage us. And he'll 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 speak to us and he'll he'll direct yeah. us that God wants to give guidance to an open heart. And by the way, the time he speaks to us is in the present moment. Did he speak to me yesterday? Is he going to speak to me tomorrow? That's not going to be relevant to where I am right now. It's in the present moment that I can actually interact with the voice of God, the presence of God speaking to me. And he says this in his word. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Because... My heart is so powerful and can be so powerfully 
in a deceiving and self-deceiving mood. And because the hardest person to be honest with is ourselves, we need help. And as the recovery people will say, we need help from a power greater than ourselves. And what's really cool is that's not some vague and personal power, but a loving Heavenly Father, our Creator, who wants to engage us and through His Word that He has given us to give us reality checks along the way to judge the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. Because that's where we go wrong or that's where we go right. The behavior is going to come after. But it's on the heart level. It's Again, to use that metaphor, it's, it's connecting to the elephant and tapping into that huge power source where real change is going to occur. And the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart, we're just going to need help to get honest on that level. Recovery begins with a fearless moral That's the bottom line. That's what this step in the process in the series is about. It's about taking inventory. But if I'm just left on my own, I'm going to keep playing the games and I'm going to keep deceiving myself. Have you ever had the experience, as I have, of thinking I'm okay and then going to the doctor and they run some tests and you get a reality check back of where I thought I was isn't where I really was? Right. And it actually took the, it took some information coming back to me to wake me up that some things needed to change. We need to have that kind of interaction. And it actually helps if you can have God's Word open before you and with you. And if you're really having trouble making it in progress, it can help to have a friend who you trust, but one who's not just going to pat you on the back and tell you that you want what you want to hear, but really going to tell you what you need to hear. Going to help you in this process of a fearless moral influence. And there's really two parts to this inventory. There's what's really going on, and then there's the answer to the question and the reason that this is going on. What's really going on with my personal finances? What, what's the true nature? A lot of times we don't even know. We don't know how much we're spending and what, what we're spending it on. We don't even know what the true nature of our total debt amount is. Or what the true nature of our cash flow plus or minus in a given 30-day span is. What's really going on? And then, answering the question and the reason that I'm this many dollars in debt is. That's fearless inventory. Another place to look is in our homes. The real state of our marriage is talking about the level of peace, the 
level of harmony, the level of getting along, the level of shared joy and intimacy. The real state is, and you kind of have to talk to each other to really get that. You know, as if you, if you want to be fearless. <laughs> the real state is, and the reason is, and, and you know, last week, Gio told me it was all about not them, not out there, but, but us, but me, and what's going on. The real reason is, or, or we look at our, our children, and we might look at our, our children's obedience, or we might look at their character development, and we, we, we ask the question, the real state is, the real condition is, and just ask some of your friends if, if you know, you need some feedback on that. And if you're fearless. <laughs> the real condition is. And then the reason for that condition is. What about our moral purity? What about our purity? What about our thoughts? What's the real condition of our searching on the internet? And the real state of the sites that we're looking at? Or the people that we're connecting with? through chat rooms or messaging or whatever or Facebooking. What's the, what's the real condition of that part of our life? And the kinds of conversations that are being had and the kinds of things that are being looked at and taken into our hearts and minds. What's really going on there? And then, what's the reason for that? We can look at any area of our life I have so much confidence in God's desire today to speak to us through His Spirit or maybe through something else He's already put in your conscience, some other interaction that this is, this is just round four or five in the process and you're even thinking, who told you? Who tipped you off? Nobody. It's just, this is just part of God's wanting you to hear His voice. But for change to occur, for us to, to wake up tomorrow and to be in a different place, <laughs> it takes today not hardening our heart, but being willing to be honest and take a fearless moral and, and when we do that, really exciting and powerful things begin. Jesus put it this way, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Let's stand up and we're going to pray, and we'll be done with today's service.